And with the start of of sports that we all know, hockey, basketball, and the future start for the NFL. So excited. September 10th, baby. You know, we're going to look at the Premier Lacrosse League, which is a fan favorite of Josh and myself. Big lacrosse guys, both huge, you know, myself and Josh. And the Premier Lacrosse League, one of the first leagues to announce that, A, they were doing something uh, amidst all the COVID stuff. And they may not have been the first league to start, but God, was it just fun to watch those games. They orchestrated it very well, and it was it was a quick two weeks packed with games. But every team had, each team I think had one doubleheader, but they each had rest days, two or three. So It was beautifully orchestrated, though. It went off without a hitch, and it was beautiful, beautiful across some of the best I've seen in a while. And it was just good to see it back on TV because we got our spring college lacrosse season taken from us. Yeah, Josh and I were in charge of being doing commentary for the Colorado Mason University Maverick men's and women's lacrosse teams. And as Josh said, our seasons were taken from us. But, I mean, 20 games, a quick tournament, four games to consider a regular season, and then, you know, and then however many games for the tournament. I think it was seven. Seven. That would make sense. Seven games for the tournament. I mean, it was just great fun to watch. And, I mean, they they couldn't ha- – like Josh said, they orchestrated it so well. They had everything organized. They they had their times set, you know, watching it because I paid for the NPC Gold uh, premium. And I got to watch it without ads. But with watching it without ads, I got to see what they were doing during break. And me being a TV guy, working a lot and doing sports broadcasting, just watching them fiddle with the cameras and try to find the lighting and fix that, it was almost irritating for me to watch because I was just like, nope, go back, stop it, I don't know what you're doing. Or, you know, you would see they would get ready, they would be on break and they'd get ready to interview somebody and then the commentators are doing like pre-questions trying to determine what to ask, what not to ask, and all that. So I was like, mute the mics. Mute. <laughs> I'm pretty sure, considering it was NBC Gold, they were just trying to have not de- have no dead air. But, I mean, it was still just from a broadcasting perspective for me. I was just like, no, stop all that. I don't know what you're doing, but stop it. <laughs> That's fair. I, Me and my uh, roommate, we bought NBC Gold as well. And it was – I loved it just because – during those timeouts or those media timeouts, you got to go into the huddle with those teams, and it was just such a cool experience to hear kind of what they were talking about. See, that was cool, but it was when they would go into, like, halftime or pregame when the teams weren't out there yet. Oh, yeah. That, that, that bugged me. Yeah, it, it suffered a little bit at halftime because but, it – and most of the time it was just, like, the wired, the wired clips that yeah. they would play at halftime, too, when I was just like – no, I also kind of want to see the halftime show, so that would be nice instead of just dead air. But yeah, I mean, it it this was it was regardless of the little hiccups when it came to televised, and I, I, they did a really good job. NBC did an amazing job filming it. It was fun to watch. 
I liked a lot of the little setups they did. Like they they were asking, they were interviewing players on the field, and getting their opinions on stuff. And it, it was just so cool to listen to it. Although you did have a pet peeve about the walkie-talkie because you would hear the the, the yeah, noise. It was just a little pet peeve, the walkie-talkie clicking right before he asked the question. I was like, we can't somehow figure this out to I put mean, it against your chest and muffle it at least. I mean, it. I didn't mind it as much because um, <laughs> – it was almost like it. It was kind of just like I'd hear that noise and I'd be like, "Oh, they're about to interview a player. Who are they going to interview this time?" That's a good it point. Was, it was always fun when they would be interviewing a player, and then a play would happen, and the player would have to start running. He's like, "Okay, guys, I gotta go," and he's just gotta quickly switch off his interview. <laughs> yeah, actually, that's a good point about that. It did. If you weren't paying attention, you were on your phone sending a text. You heard the click, and you knew exactly what was about to happen. So. It, there was there was good and bad things with the walkie-talkie. Yep, yeah, and you know, like we said though, the pre- the PLL championship a resounding success. The Whip Snakes take back-to-back championships, and I was seeing in the comments from on their social media, somebody goes, "Is it too early to call the Whip Snakes the Patriots of the PLL?" I saw that. <laughs> I'm like, "Yeah, it's a little too early. They only have two. Wait till they get six. Well, and the league is Seven teams were two seasons in. Like, the Patriots are the Patriots because it's the NFL and everybody knows there's 32 teams, and it's so much luck to win championships six times in 20 years. Yeah. So, but, I mean, the Whipsnakes win, and it was great. And, And then they did it in such a dominant fashion. They did not lose a single game. Obviously, they did not lose the championship, but they didn't lose a single regular season. The four game regular or group play, as they called it, they didn't lose there, and they pretty much were dominant in all of their playoff games. Ex- well, in their only in one of their playoff games, and then the Redwoods kind of made that one a close game. It yeah, took, had to go to overtime, and it broke my heart. <laughs> I must texted you right after and just I, said, "I was repeat of last year." I even t- I even sent you when it was going into overtime. I'm like, Josh, I'm getting flashbacks of last <laughs> oh, <yeah>. year. <laughs> uh, but, I mean, y- you look at it, the PLL had much better play. And, you know, the, it showed why they were probably the best lacrosse professional lacrosse league out there. The MLL, a week, two weeks prior, had their cha- pretty much championship series. And it was such... It was such poorly managed. It was it was really hard to watch. I could like it. The they yeah. did not. Their commentators were not entertaining. Um, I had the ESPN Plus, so I was able to watch specific games, but I couldn't watch all of them because it was so like you unless you had had paid for it, you couldn't watch all the games. And heck, the ML the Major League Lacrosse MLL they did not do a good job of of practicing the social distancing or health and safety. It was so, it got to the point where the Kinetic, the Chesapeake Bayhawks had a COVID outbreak and, Mm -hmm. and a whole playoff tournament had to get canned. So it only, so it, what was supposed to be the semifinal game between Boston, the Boston cannons and the Denver outlaws just became the championship game. And the, to your point, the championship game, it didn't f- feel 
exactly like a championship game. It was a little sloppy, but they were just it it was a little weird, almost like a somber environment around it around it because of the canceled semifinal game. But the one thing that I noticed, which was a huge selling point for the PLL, was that when I was watching the MLL games, it just felt so much slower and a slower pace because they don't do running quarters and they're three minutes longer than the PLL. But the games seemed to just drag on, and I was like, "Let's, let's get it going. And I'm a lacrosse fan, and... I didn't think I'd ever be like that. Well, and it was just sloppy play. Like yeah. you would watch them and the the players in the MLL, the Major League Lacrosse, they they were missing passes, they were overshooting. And, and when fast breaks did happen, it, it, they were killed by an errant pass or or a turnover. I mean, it was just really sloppy play. And I I get it. They they didn't Obviously, the teams didn't have a lot of time to practice, but I mean, the the Premier Lacrosse League, their teams had a week mm-hmm. of group practice. One solid week, this... week, and they looked amazing. It, it looked like they had just been, it looked like their season was, it was just a regular season. Yeah. Like, that's how well they were playing. Yeah. And, but, but the MLL, it just looked, it, it, it looked like, yeah, this is a tournament. Yeah, it doesn't really, it doesn't. It, what's what what's it matter and i i feel like that was the downfall of the mll and the premier lacrosse league just they just came up and they really showed why they have the better players and why it is why they are going to grow into probably one of the into that dominant lacrosse or professional lacrosse league Mm -hmm. in the in the u.s i would I would agree with you 100%, Jerry. Yeah, and I mean, you, moving on, you know, you look at who are the best players in the championship series. Because, I mean, yeah, the Whip Snakes won, but that doesn't mean their team, they had the best players. Although, <laughs> the majority of they they did have a few. Yes. You know, you looking at the Whip Snakes, or a couple players for the, for the Whip Snakes, their star player, Matt Rambo. And Zed Williams, the question coming into the season was who's going to be Matt Rambo's number two? Because you had all these duos, but who was it going to be for Matt Rambo? Because he was just to himself. Zed Williams was is became that guy, and let and boy, Unreal. did he show up. He it was he was so good that he won the MVP when he, his name wasn't even thrown in the hat. For the MVP talk, early in the season, yeah, yeah early but, in the season. But you know, after as the season progressed, though, he really made a name for himself. He single-handedly lost me our bet. Yep, thank you, Zed Williams. Single-handedly, I was <laughs> cooling watching the championship game. I was like, "Cool, I'm about to win this." Jerry's gonna buy me some McDonald's. Nope. <laughs> if if for those for if you're listening and you're j- wondering what the heck we're talking about, Josh and I. Since we've been following the Premier Lacrosse League since last season, which was its inaugural season, Josh and I are have decided we're just going to make bets on each season on who we feel is going to win the championship. And Josh won last year. And this year, being such a shorter season, we decided we were going to do the same thing regardless. But we had to add some stipulations to it. 
So Josh and I picked two teams who we thought were going to win the championship. Uh, my I, I had picked the Whip Snakes as one of the teams to win that championship. Heartbreaking. Josh had picked the had had picked his two, and then the champ the Premier Lacrosse League also did a bracket ch- series. So you, you kind of like March Madness. You just pick your games and all this, and we were going to use that as our tiebreaker. Josh's two picks were out. They were done. And mine was the only one left, but he was winning the bracket. So if the Whipsnakes had lost, I would have had to pay him or buy him McDonald's. But thanks to the play of Zed Williams putting up six goals in that championship games. Yes, Josh, you heard that right. Six yes. goals. I know. And five of his six, I believe, were in the fourth quarter. It yep. just, you know, it hurt watching <laughs> watching the fourth quarter. Man, we were talking so much trash oh, to each yeah. other during that game. Oh, yeah. But, I mean, yeah, Zed Williams and Matt Randall. Some of the best play, two of the best players on in the Premier Lacrosse League. Another player, Grant Ament, a rookie a- who really stepped up for the Archers, uh, and he – just really shined. He shows, he showed everybody that next season he has he has a really good shot of winning that MVP. Because wow, did he shine? Yeah i I wasn't super surprised watching Grant Ament come in and make that much of an impact because I just envisioned he his game translates so well to the professional style. I wasn't too worried about it, but I was amazed at how quickly it took for him to just be fearless. Basically, he he didn't fear a single person, and he whether he was looking to get an assist or a goal, he was driving to the net hard, not afraid of his defender. Who and he had Jack Rowlett on him a couple times, who's a monster and throws massive checks. So I was happy to see that and. Man, oh man, he's a budding star, and he's going to be lethal, lethal in the professional lacrosse game for the next 10 years-ish, 15 years, 20 years, however long he wants to play, he will make an impact on whatever team. To give you an idea of how well Grant Ament did, he was the only rookie to put up double-digit points. He had six goals, and one-point goals. 14 assists, and those six My goals guy. came on 25 shots. So he he was shooting less than 25. percent He was he he scored on less than 25 percent of his shots, but he didn't need to shoot. He he was there. He was the archers' distributor, and, and they he, needed it. Yeah, he fit perfectly in that offense. Yeah, and for that, he, it can't. They were so good that it came down to their final game against the Whip Snakes in the rate in the group play to decide if they were going to be the number one or number two seeded team. I know it was uh, your pick, the Archers. Screw you, Jerry. Couldn't get it done. And I mean, we could talk about all of those players. Another player who I didn't mention, but I feel like we should: Blaze Riordan, the goalie for the Chaos. That. Goalie of the year, I think, is who is who the PLL announced, mm-hmm. you know, for that yes. award. He had a hundred and hundred and nineteen saves in this, and he was the only one to break a hundred saves. 
the only goalie to do that. And I mean, he averaged, you know, he had a save against average of 10, almost 11 saves per saves game. Per game. Huh. So I mean, it's lower than I thought it'd be. It was. Uh, ironically, uh, Jack Jack Concannon and John Galloway had more, but Blaze Ryerden in group. I mean, in group play, the chaos lost. Struggled. They 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 didn't win any of their games. It wasn't until they hit the playoffs that the chaos found their stride and came in and almost won a championship. Ironically, that day of the championship, I woke up like maybe half an hour late so i started watching it late and the whip snakes were down and i was like no come on and and then that second half came and the whip snakes just said screw you we're winning this yeah pretty much yeah it didn't feel good did not feel good (laughs) i'm just gonna keep throwing that at you i know i did the same thing (laughs) i did the same i can't even be mad (laughs) and yeah Blaze Ryerden had a phenomenal championship series. I'm looking forward to next season when we see more, when we have more, if we have more games, what he can do and if he can win another goalie of the year. I think in the playoffs, Blaze was averaging 15-plus saves because I think he had 18 in every single game at least. Yeah. At least. Yeah. So Because I think he had 18 in the championship. I'm pretty sure. I think he. I think he may have had more. I think he had twenty. Twenty plus. I feel like twenty, but I'm not totally sure. And, you know, in the spirit of their season coming to an end, and them giving out their awards, I I felt like Josh, we should give out our own awards, because I watched all the games. I'm pretty sure you watched majority of the games. Yeah, I missed a couple because of work, but I watched every. I think I only missed one. Yeah, I. So I mean. We we could just we can give away our own uh, awards, and I'm gonna call it the Wired Up Awards Special. That, that oh, heck yeah! Whenever I mean, we do this, that's what it's called, the Wired, Wired Up, Up Awards, awards special. special. Okay, we have the same. <laughs> we we have similar picks. We do. Um, so, uh, so we could run through them really quickly here for the end of the show. My in, to start off, most valuable player MVP. Josh and I agree. Zed Unanimous. Williams. Zed Williams. That dude. Just killed it. He won a bet for me, so you bet your... <laughs> you bet you your bottom bet. dollar. Exactly. You bet your bottom dollar he's going to be my MVP. <laughs> <laughs> Attackman of the year, I feel we both uh, had different opinions. I said Matt Rambo, mainly based on statistics. He had 25 points, eight, um, had 18 assists. I mean, he just played great. I would agree, and the only re- I wanted to give it to Matt Rambo, but the only reason I picked Josh Byrne was what he did in the playoffs, especially because the Chaos went 0-4 in group play. They take Connor Fields, who's n- their best player, easily their best player, and he goes on a run, and he was putting up numbers throughout the season, but he was the driving factor. Him and Blaze behind getting them to the championship, and I don't think I can discount that. He was outstanding, and he was huge for them in all three of their playoff games, getting them to the championship and then making sure that they were in that game as well. Yeah, and then moving on to Mitty of the year, I had to give that one to Tom Schreiber. Tom Schreiber for the Archers played amazing. 
It, I, I I I really enjoyed watching this guy play, and this was a harder pick for me because I wanted to give it to Sergio Perkovic for the Redwoods. That's fair because he Perkovic and Miles Jones became the Splash Bros. For no, the Redwoods. we have one. We'll we'll come up with a new nickname for them. We'll come up with a new one, but that's what they were calling him. Oh. So I was just gonna roll with it, and not on this show. <laughs> not on this show. <laughs> Wired Up's gonna have their own nickname for that duo. But it, it was a really tough one. But I feel. But all in all, I think Tom Schreiber just had more. He gave more to his team than I saw from Perkovic. And Perkovic and Miles Jones struggled early on in the tournament. And it wasn't until the end of it or towards the end of their run that we really got to see them come out. And I think I think that really played against Perkovic for me. That's fair. I picked Tom Schreiber as well. Flat out, one of the top five players in the world, and he really showed it. He was making highlight reel goals, one of the only guys I've ever seen sweep right hand over the top and pull it back to the far or to the left pipe and sting the most perfect top left corner I have ever, ever seen. And he was dynamic giving out assists as well he was just great all around but he was special offensively this year yeah we're gonna run through these next guys pretty quickly defender of the year i gave to matt mcmahon guy was guy was astounding for the archers you know he he had 12 cause turnovers uh 10 ground balls he really played phenomenal for the archers and i and hence his award (laughs) yeah i gave it to matt dunn who i believe actually won the award he i think he did yeah he was shutting, locking down guys, game in, game out. I don't know. I couldn't disagree with him. It it was, and I almost pit, went with Matt Matt McMahon, but Matt Dunn just played too well for me to go anywhere else. He didn't get beat very often. No, did not. Did not get beat very often, and he was a monster on the ground balls. He was an all-around defender, and I think he deserves this award just as much as anybody else yeah face-off guy of the year i had to give that one to joseph nardella i believe he did win face-off yes. man of the year and i mean guy had won 100 face-offs out of 138 you know so he had a face-off he he was winning about 72 percent. so it's kind of hard to go against a guy yeah. like that yeah um i believe you had yeah you had the same we agreed on this one yeah we, we, agreed, had on, the we last... agreed on the the last three uh, face-off man, goalie of the year. We both said Blaze Riordan. You and in your notes though, you said this was harder for you than you thought. Yeah, I almost went with Kyle Burnlor, the Whipsnakes goalie, just because he was so consistent throughout the season, and goalies are so crucial to winning a championship. And he had si- high save percentage numbers as well. He's so rock solid, but I think Blaze had the better end of the season, although Burnlore is consistently one of the best goalies and could get this award every single year. Yeah, definitely. And then for Rookie of the Year, we both had Grant Amet, and you put up your runner-up, because you even mentioned this when we talked about this last time. Uh, runner-up was your was Brian Costaville, and you said he was either going to win it or he's going to be runner-up. Mm-hmm. And for you, he was a runner-up. Yeah, I couldn't take it away from Grant Amet, but Brent Brian, Brian Costabile, he played very well coming into an Atlas offense that 
kind of went stale towards the end, but stale at the very beginning. They won. Well, they, they won. won their, okay. They won game one, and then game two. I know, two. but he had a really good game two. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. So uh, <laughs> I, I think he had four points in game two, and he continued to play really well. And I think he's trending up. So only big and better things to come for him. So. Yeah, and that's gonna do it for us today on this episode of Wired Up. Uh, we are going to we will be posting this to our to a new <laughs> Spotify account. So if you are subscribed to our old one, go subscribe to that one and listen to our old episodes. We're gonna we had to make a new one, but you can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcast, Podbeam. Thank all thanks to Anchor. Um, but we'll see you. We'll <laughs> we'll catch you guys in the next episode of Wired Up. Jerry Peralta, Josh Coleman. Bye. Right up.